Hello and welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of In the Matter of T, a Child. And the citation for this case is 2021 UKSC 35. The case that we're looking at today considers the dire state of provision for children in care. It begins in July 2017 when Caffili County Borough Council had to bring proceedings in respect of T, who was at that point a 15-year-old in the council's care. T required special limitations on her liberty, but the number of children's homes in England and Wales who can accommodate this is severely limited due to shortages. As a result, local authorities have been having to ask the High Court to use its inherent jurisdiction and issue orders that permit the restrictive placement of children in accommodation that is not officially an approved secure children's home. In the case of T, she was to be deprived of her liberty in a placement that was neither a registered children's home nor approved secure accommodation. The High Court order under the inherent jurisdiction was granted, but when that placement broke down, Carefully sought another order to place T in another children's home that was not approved for use as secure accommodation. The proceedings made their way to the Supreme Court, and that is where we pick things up. There were two issues that were raised in this case. The first one was essentially whether the High Court is actually allowed to use its inherent jurisdiction to make an order that deprives a child of their liberty in this sort of situation. T's argument is that it's not allowed by virtue of the Children Act 1989 as well as Article 5 of the European Convention on Human Rights, which is the right to liberty. The second issue that came up was that even if the High Court was allowed to use its inherent jurisdiction in this way, then what sort of consideration should the consent of the child be given? In these particular circumstances, T had consented to the placements, and so arguably the court order was not needed. However, the judge eventually decided that the consent did not have the authentic and enduring quality needed for the sake of Article 5 of the Convention. The justices began by reviewing the statutory duty placed on local authorities. There is a general duty to protect and support children, and this is supplemented by a more specific duty to provide a child who is in care with accommodation. Under both Section 25 of the Children Act in England and then Section 119 of the Social Services and Wellbeing Wales Act 2014, that accommodation is permitted, in limited circumstances, to restrict the liberty of a child if they are at risk of harm. Regulations made under the statute make it clear that a children's home may only be regarded as secure accommodation if it has been designated as such by the relevant executive authority. However, as we mentioned towards the start of this episode, the issue is that due to budget cuts and other shortfalls, this type of accommodation is exceedingly rare. And so in order to help children as best they can and fulfil their statutory duty, local authorities are turning to the inherent jurisdiction of the High Court and seeking orders. The justices point out that this inherent jurisdiction has often been referred to as the common law safety net, and that is certainly how it is being used here. Of course, the High Court can't simply do anything it likes, and so there are limits such as the court not being allowed to give local authorities the power to determine questions that cover an aspect of parental responsibility, as per Section 100 of the Children Act. In theory, that limitation could apply here, 
but because there is a care order already in place in respect of T, the local authority has parental responsibility, and so the inherent jurisdiction of the High Court can be utilised. There was an argument that this would interfere with the regime under Section 25 of the Children Act that allows for the provision of secure accommodation in certain circumstances. But the fact is, if that accommodation does not exist, then the child would not be protected from extreme harm. Obviously, this is not something that the courts can countenance, and so the inherent jurisdiction is simply a way to fill the gap. Furthermore, because of the safeguards in place, its use does not breach Article 5 of the European Convention on Human Rights. In his speech, Lord Stevens was keen to point out that the use of the inherent jurisdiction does not authorise the commission of a criminal offence. In fact, it may be necessary for the state to act in such a way in order to prevent a breach of Articles 2 and 3 of the Convention. We now move on to the second legal issue raised in this case, which is about the relevance of the child's consent. The problem with T's argument here, though, is that while her consent may theoretically negate the need for a court order, the decision of a child in this situation may quickly be changed. Indeed, in this very case, T's behaviour in the first placement seemed to suggest that her consent was not genuine. Thus, while the consent of the child will always be a relevant factor for the court to consider, it does not mean that there is no need for the High Court to make an order under its inherent jurisdiction. So the first thing to note about this judgment is the surprising vehemence of the criticism from the judges about the lack of funding in this area. Lord Stevens' comments are worth quoting in full as he described, quote, the enduring well-known scandal of the disgraceful and utterly shaming lack of proper provision for children who require approved secure accommodation. These unfortunate children, who have been traumatised in so many ways, are frequently a major risk to themselves and to others. Those risks are of the gravest kind and include risks to life, risks of grievous injuries, or risks of very serious damage to property. End quote. It is certainly unusual to see a judge use such strong words to talk about what is essentially a budgetary issue, but that only speaks to how serious the problem has become and the potential consequences for some of society's most vulnerable individuals. I think that another part of the issue is that the justices are annoyed that instead of providing a comprehensive solution to the crisis, the government is instead using what should be a last gasp option as a regular go-to. The courts have no option but to allow it because a failure to do so would make the situation worse for the children involved and could be illegal in its own right. However, that doesn't mean they won't kick up a fuss in the process. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com, who provide the theme music. A quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks, including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!